Welcome to episode 34 of the Pixel Power Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen, and today we finish up my six-part series of my faves. And in this episode, my faves will look at my favorite Android apps. And a bit of a caveat here, some of these are not necessarily my favorites. What I've decided to do is pick the Android apps that I have installed on my phone. Even though I don't like them, I have to use them. So in some ways, I think they're all probably my faves. This could be the most boring episode ever since just a comprehensive list of Android apps installed on my phone could get pretty repetitive. And uh, what I've decided to do is instead of just sharing what those apps are, in many cases, I'm going to share a little tip that'll help you get the most out of that application. I should say that Android apps that you choose to install on your Pixel phone is a very personal decision. These again are the apps that I use on a regular basis. Your mileage, as we say, may vary. And it's your job to share with me after this episode what apps you think I should be looking at or just in general what apps you like and you have installed on your Pixel phone or Android phone and then tell us why. You may be asking yourself, how are you going to do that? Well, I have been very excited with what's happening over in our new Reddit space. We have a subreddit. It is the Pixel Power Podcast subreddit. We've had more activity there than I've ever had on any of the other social media platforms. So I'm hoping that after I post this episode, you'll come over to the Pixel Power Podcast subreddit link in the show notes. And yes, there's a comprehensive list of show notes, not a list of show notes, but a comprehensive list of applications in the show notes for this episode. So use that link, bounce on over to our subreddit and join in the conversation. And I'll be discussing a little bit more about the subreddit at the end of the show. For now, let's go ahead and dive into my favorite Android apps installed on my Pixel 3 XL. And I want to just preface again my list by saying I talked about Android apps in episode 29. Those were my favorite Android apps to install on Chrome OS. And yes, there will be some repetition, and I'll note that repetition, but there's also some differences in why I have certain apps installed on my phone that I may not have on my Chromebook or my Pixelbook. And mainly those reasons would be there's a better web interface for that particular application than maybe there is an Android app. So just to try and remind you that, yes, I have done an episode, again, episode 29, link in the show notes. I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. And those are my favorite Android apps for Chrome OS. Now, the other thing I want you to remember before I dive into my list is that I am I, I'm frugal, so I rarely spend money on apps. As a matter of fact, I'm going to share an app that'll allow you not to have to spend any money on applications. And finally, one other thing I'd like to mention is I don't install games on my Pixel 3 XL often. If I do, they're generally on there for maybe an hour or so of gameplay and then they're gone. So you're not going to find any games on my list of Android apps. All right, let's start diving into my favorite Android apps. And the first one I'm going to stick out there is Adobe Scan. I've talked about it in episode 11. I would encourage you to go listen to that episode to find out why I really enjoy Adobe Scan. The next one I'm going to list is Amazon. And by the way, you're going to notice these are all in alphabetical order. But Amazon Shopping, who doesn't shop on Amazon? Uh, don't worry. I know there are some of you out there that don't. I do. I love the value I can get. Some things to remember about that 
Amazon application, though, remember that you can use it while you're out to scan barcodes of products to compare prices, get reviews. So even while you're out, if you're thinking about buying something from a physical store, scan that barcode and check out reviews and compare prices before you purchase. I have to mention Anchor. Anchor is my host for the podcast. I thank them so much for the service they provide. And one of the things I love about the Anchor app is that I can record, view stats, and listen to podcasts all within the same application. Now, I don't listen to podcasts within the Anchor app, but I do use it regularly to do quick recordings and obviously to view stats to see how many of you are listening. I'd love to see those stats rise, a little shameless self-promotion, but if you're wanting to start a podcast, check out the Anchor app. Regular listeners know I have a love-hate relationship with Android Auto, mainly because I can't get it to work on my Pixel 3. More on that later in the addendum. However, if you're using Android Auto, the tip for you is to make sure that you have visited the settings and turned on the new user interface update, and that way you can experience and see what the future of Android Auto is. Little teaser, it's great. I love it. I look forward to finally getting it working on a regular basis on my Pixel 3. Next one I've listed is the calculator. There's really no need to go out and purchase a calculator application. The default, the one that's provided is just fine if you have basic calculator needs. If you have specialized calculator needs, there's probably something better, but for my needs, for two plus two, calculator is awesome and there's a dark mode, so for, don't forget to turn that on. The next one is Google Calendar. Share your calendars with family members. The thing I like about Google Calendar is when you add specific types of events, say lunch, you get a really cool image that's added to that. I really enjoy that. I do use Google Calendar for my personal calendar. I have another application that I'm forced to use for my work calendar. We'll talk about that in a minute. The camera application on the Pixel phone is so important that you install and keep updated. This is the way that Google pushes photography features to our phone. So make sure you're keeping that updated and know that you do not need to try any other camera application. There's a bunch of them out there, but none of them are going to give you the most up-to-date features for your Pixel phone. Obviously, every phone needs a browser. Chrome is the one that you're gonna use. It's the one I use. Some of you may try some other browsers. There are some other ones available. However, I really like just the default Chrome experience. And remember to check out my episode as part of the series, Chrome for Android Flags, and that link is in the show notes to find out what other cool tweaks you can make to the Chrome browser on Android. We all have the clock app installed, but something you may not know is there's more features to the clock than just the clock. Be sure to check out the stopwatch and the timer options. As a reminder, whenever you use your Google Assistant, when you say, hey, Assistant, set a timer for blah, blah, it is using the clock application. So make sure you keep that up updated and try out those features whenever you need a timer and a stopwatch if you'd like to do that manually. I still believe contacts the default Google Contacts is the easiest contact manager available. It integrates well with other applications. And I encourage you to check out a little tip in here. Use the check duplicates feature. I do that on a regular basis and I'm, and I'm kind of amazed at how often I have duplicate entries. Some of them are automatically created. Some of them are ones I've just duplicated for some reason because I'm syncing between devices. But make sure you use the check duplicates feature to get rid of duplicate contacts. 
I write regularly and when I do on the go, it's generally in Google Docs because of its wonderful syncing. I also love the features that are available on Android and Google Docs for formatting. Little tip for you, it now supports editing and creation of .docx files. So if you're a Microsoft Word user or need to transfer documents in that format, make sure you go to your settings and turn on the .docx support. Obviously, if you're using Google Docs, you're a G Suite user, you probably want to have Google Drive. I am a 100 gigabyte user here via Google One, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But did you know that there's a wonderful Google Drive widget that you can put on your home screen that will allow you to quickly upload and scan documents? Check that out. A lot of people don't know that Google Drive includes a scanner tool built into the widget. If you're interested in video chatting with family and friends, Duo is what I recommend on the Android platform. By the way, this also works great on your Pixel Book as an Android app, but it works surprisingly well on your Pixel phone under any type of connectivity issues. New to Google Duo that I encourage you all to check out is group chats. It used to be that we could only Duo video chat one-on-one, -on -one, and now we have the opportunity to have group chats. So be sure and check that out. As part of my work environment, we have enabled two-factor authentication on our Exchange account. For that, we use Duo Mobile. Duo Mobile, not to be confused with Duo, the video client, but Duo Mobile is a two-factor authentication. It's not really a fave, but it is required and a necessary app. And honestly, it's not a bad two-factor authentication tool. You can use it and set it up for other accounts if you need. It's not just for corporate, so you might wanna check that out. Although Google Authenticator is still pretty good too. I've mentioned ExpressVPN many times in the show. I'm mentioning it now because I use it on a regular basis. I do have a link in the show notes if you wanna try it for free for 30 days. You can see if it's gonna work for you, but it's a great way to protect your data from flying over open Wi-Fi connections. Brand new feature just released in the Android application that I'm really enjoying is a new feature that allows you to connect your VPN automatically when you connect to an untrusted network and you can assign those within the configuration. So even if you are an ExpressVPN user, make sure you check out that setting and set up your whitelist for trusted and non-trusted Wi-Fi networks. Like it or not, Probably your family and friends are hanging out on Facebook. So make sure you install Facebook. At least I do. Some people don't like it. Uh, it's just, uh, uh, I just have to have it if I want to stay in contact with certain family members. So use it for what it's worth. But uh, group pages is a great way to create groups and stay in touch and share information people. So if you're looking for a way to bring a group together, even a family group, consider doing that with a group. Maybe create your own family group. And that way, maybe you can cut down on the need to read your feeds so frequently because you all can contribute information and share events in a family Facebook group. My RSS feed reader of choice is Feedly. Uh, I use it regularly. As a matter of fact, I use it when I post items to the Reddit account. I can quickly share from that. And that's one of the great features about Feedly. When you find an article on Android, it is so easy to share that article with others. So check out the share sheet in Feedly if you're trying to send and share information that you find in an RSS feed. Now, most people know that there is a default files application that comes on your Pixel device or Android phone. However, there is a better tool and it is the Google Files 
application. It's a little bit different. It's a little confusing, but they do have their own. And it's great because it'll allow you to find files, share files, and backup files. It'll also allow you to find free space on your device, which is handy. And it will even allow you to share files between two devices in a peer-to-peer -peer relationship. So it's a great application. It gets updated with features frequently. Highly recommend that you download it. The next application I recommend is Google Fit. You just need to keep track of your fitness and your steps. This is the one to do it. A little tip, if you use other fitness apps, for instance, I use Nike Run Club, I can tie that and sync that with Google Fit. So go in and check those other fitness apps that you can link to your Google Fit to get the most out of your data collection of your fitness levels. If you're a Google Fi user like I am, I'm a big Google Fi user, there's a really cool application called Fi Switch. This is always on my phones. Fi Switch puts a notification that tells you which network you're writing on if you're on Google Fi. So for instance, if you're on Google Fi, you could be using US Cellular, T-Mobile, or Sprint. This will tell you which network you're on. And the other thing I love about it is I can switch between them. It's supposed to be seamless and automatically choose the best network, but this tool will allow you to switch between those three networks or turn on auto switching again. It's a great application. I've had it ever since I've been using Google Fi. I highly recommend it for Google Fi users. Sometimes you just need to show rather than tell, which is very uh, counterintuitive for a podcast, but you'll find sometimes I like to share screencasts from my phone. GIF Maker is a great tool for that. Yes, I am in the GIF camp, not the GIF camp. And I love GIF Maker. It allows me to make GIFs from videos and photos, but it's also a wonderful screen recorder for the Pixel phone. I have a sample screen recording in this week's episode so that you can go take a look at it. And basically it is my Pixel phone's home screen so you can see what it looks like. So go take a look at that in the show notes notes. Gmail, I don't think I need to talk about the Gmail app. Everybody's familiar with that. But one thing I would say in Gmail is make sure you check out the really cool predictive text feature. I love how I'm typing away and it suggests and predicts what it thinks I'm going to type next. It really does an eerily amazing job. It's getting kind of scary how well Google knows me. I've already mentioned Google Fi earlier when I talked about the Fi switch, but there is an application that you have to have installed on your Pixel device called the Google Fi app. That makes kind of sense, doesn't it? And it allows you to go through the activation process. But the other thing I love about Google Fi, the app, is it gives you billing all on screen. So you can take a look at, look at that. And you can get extras as part of your Google Fi account. And you can check those out. I have a link in the show notes if you're interested in Google Fi and it will get you started by just clicking on it and finding out what Google Fi can offer to your Pixel phone. I got to tell you, I love Google Fi and the Pixel phone together. There's just something about it that works so well. I mentioned I'm at the 100 gigabyte tier for Google Drive. That cost me $2 a month. Not bad. One of the ways that you manage that is with the Google One application. And the great thing about the Google One application is you can share, I can share part of my 100 gigabytes with other family members. And I can do that right from the application. So I have that shared with both my wife and my daughter. So we share that together. We've used about 40 gigabytes of 100 gigabytes. So we're still right in that level. 
And the other thing I like about it is there are offers available in the Google One app. For instance, if you are a Google One subscriber, you have hotel discounts. That's kind of interesting. But more importantly, occasionally they'll give you other discounts. And right now I'm sitting with a 99 cent rental from Google Play Store, which is pretty good because they're generally $3. So again, if you're a subscriber, check out Google One and see what additional features you may have. If you're a regular listener, you know I use Google Wi-Fi throughout my home. I love the three access points that I have. And the tip I would provide for you there is a feature built into the application is that you can assign static IP addresses to the devices connected to your network. And I recommend you do that, create a system for how you group those IP addresses. Say, for instance, keep all your computers as one, two, three, four, and then maybe all your smart home devices as 101, 102, and then maintain that in a Google Sheet so that you have quick access. Everybody that has a Google Assistant in their home knows that they need the Home app. My tip on the Home app is for you to explore routines to get the most out of your Google Assistant. I have routines that let me get my day started, let me end my day, routines that activate when I arrive at the home. I also have routines that set up the color of my hue bulbs for different times of year. It's a great way to really explore and get the most out of your connected home. I've mentioned this in the past, but Google has this wonderful device called a Jamboard. It's about a $5,000 purchase, and it's not something you're going to buy and put in your home. But if you're trying to collaborate in a large conference room and pull in virtual collaborators at the same time, the Jamboard is a great tool. We have one at the college, but here's a little tip. The Jamboard app that you use to interface with the Jamboard can be used without the physical Jamboard, and there's amazing things that you can do with it. So take a look at the Jamboard app, even if you don't have a Jamboard, and learn how you can collaborate online and do some virtual brainstorming. Now, way back in episode 15, I spent a lot of time talking about Google Keep Notes or Keep Notes. Uh, Keep Notes, if you're not familiar, and I can't believe you aren't, it's just a way to keep and share notes. Go listen to episode 15 and learn the ways that I use it to share information with family members, tag notes. I have lots of good information on Google Keep in episode 15. Google Maps is what a lot of you use to traverse from one location to the next. I would encourage you to dig a little bit deeper. There is a way within Google Maps that you can become a local guide. I'm a local guide. And when you're a local guide and you provide feedback and images and reviews, you get some free goodies. For a year, I had my 100 gigabyte plan with Google Drive for free. So as you progress and you get more points, you get more freebies. So go check out how you can be a contributor and be a local guide to get some freebies. Don't just navigate from place to place. Use that thing, use that Google Maps app to get stuff. If you're sending text messages, you're likely using the Messages app, which now includes Rich Communication Services, or RCS, for enhanced features. I'm enjoying this. So, for instance, what you get now is you can see when somebody is replying to you if it's on another Pixel phone. My tip for this application, though, is don't forget to check out Messages for the Web where you can view and respond to text messages in your web browser. This also works really well on the Pixelbook when you connect your Pixelbook to your Pixel phone. The Messages Web app is built into the Pixelbook and will just become a feature. So check out Messages. 
I do have a couple of Nest devices. I have a Nest uh, thermostat and I have a couple of Nest cams. For there, you really need the Nest application. But the tip there is to use location awareness to modify the temperature when you arrive and leave home. There is settings within the Nest application where you can do that. Don't just use it to look at your uh, thermostat and adjust it. Do some location awareness and have it automatically change based on your location. If I need to catch up on the news, I'm generally doing that in the Google News app along with my feeds. I often review just the news. And what's really great about Google News is as you spend time telling the app what is relevant to you, it gets a better job predicting what information you're looking for. So take some time within Google News and train it to provide the information you need. Okay, we're about halfway through with our applications and the next one is Nike Run Club. I've talked about that. Nike Run Club is great for runners. It'll track your running, it'll track your shoes, uh, how many miles you have on them. But one of the things I really love about Nike Run Club is you get a built-in coach. Go check out the inspirational runs from Coach Bennett. They're awesome. And one of my favorite runs is the, not, what is it called? It is called the, oh yeah, Don't Wanna Run Run. So check out the Don't Wanna Run Run whenever you don't feel like running, but you know you need to be out there. Now this next one may be a bit of voodoo, but it has been on every Android phone I've owned. It's called Nox Cleaner, N-O-X Cleaner. Uh, again, all of these, there's a link in the show notes if you're not sure what I said or what they're called. The link uh, in the show notes will even take you to the application page if you want to check it out. But Nox Cleaner seems to do a really good job of cleaning up app caches and looking for memory hogging apps. I will say on the Pixel phone, I use it a lot less than I do on say my Nexus 6 that I use one of my run that has a low memory availability and sometimes I can use that to, to really bring some life back to it. I, again, I rarely use it for the Pixel phone. There have been occasions where I've just wanted to clear the app cache because something seemed a little wonky, but it does seem like it works. Okay, this next application is one that I have to install my phone. It is the Outlook app. And Outlook, for those that most of you should know, it's email and it's calendaring. It is required by work. My Exchange server cannot connect to the default applications within the Pixel phone, Gmail, and Calendar because we use Duo Mobile two-factor authentication and technically Per our IT folks, I'm not buying it. It's not supported to use those other apps, so I'm forced to use Outlook. But you know what? Surprisingly, it's not horrible. That's something I didn't think I would ever say about a Microsoft product. It's not horrible. It really isn't. And one of the things I love on the Pixel phone is they do keep it updated. They're continually looking at ways to make it a better mobile uh, calendar and email platform. So again, not horrible. I can live with it. It gets better and better every day. What's not to like about Google Photos? It is so much better than any other mobile photo management device I've ever seen or used. And this is from a guy coming from an iPhone where I thought photo management was horrible. I love Google Photos. I use it to not only manage, arrange, but also make edits to photos. And the tip I would share here is remember to create an album and then share that album with family and friends while you're at an event. And then everybody can add to that album and you just get a much more rich archive uh, event. One of the very first apps I mentioned was Anchor. And that is used to record podcasts. But if I want to listen to them, I'm generally using Pocket Casts. And how great is this? It is now free. And if you purchase the web version of Pocket Cast, you now have access to 
Pocket Casts Plus free for life. Good on you, Pocket Casts, for doing that. Some of the features I love about Pocket Casts is uh, you can increase the speed for with which you listen to podcasts. You can remove silence. Again, it's a great way to listen to podcasts. It's got great tools for downloading, organizing, just an all-around super, super podcast client. This next app is a relatively new app to my phone. It's the Reddit app. We've already talked about Reddit and it's quickly becoming my favorite way to not only find information, but to reach out and collaborate and communicate with you, the listener. That's right. Come check us out at the Pixel Power Podcast subreddit. I've done some really great things, I think, with the subreddit. I've really taken advantage of some of the advanced features of Reddit to make it a fun and cool place to hang out. So go to the subreddit, find an article you like, Give us an arrow up, give us an arrow down if you're so inclined, but then also join in the conversation. So be sure and check us out at Reddit. Really like the Android application. It does a really good job of bringing that Reddit experience to your phone. I mentioned early on that I'm very frugal or cheap, whichever I'm fine with either term. And the way that I can be frugal with my Android phone and not have to pay for applications is to use the rewards application. The rewards application is like a survey. You'll get surveys on occasion based on where you've been, what you've done. And when you answer those surveys, you get money towards your Google Play credit. And over time, I have accumulated, I looked at this the other day, I was quite amazed, over $100 in credit. I have currently sitting at about $7 in credit right now. So you can build this credit by answering these surveys and you never have to pay for an app. So there you go, there's a tip for me. Now you are giving up some information about yourself. So if you're not comfortable with that, stay away from it. But I've not seen anything uh, nefarious about it. I've not seen any additional emails from folks because I answer the surveys. By and large, it's worked well for me. I mentioned Google Docs earlier in the show, and the two companions to that are, of course, Google Sheets and Google Slides. For Google Sheets, remember, that's used to manage spreadsheets on the go. And the tip I would give you for that, as well as the other three apps, is remember that you can tag important files for offline use. So put a little mark, a little check mark next to those, or I think it's a slider. And then those spreadsheets can be available even when you don't have connectivity. And again, that's true in Google Sheets, Slides, and Docs. Now for Google Slides, this is really cool. Of course, Slides allows you to create and share an electronic presentation. But what I don't know that you knew, that in addition to making, let's say, last minute touch-ups to a presentation as you're on the go, you can use your phone as a remote. Check out that really cool feature. You can cast your slides to a Chromecast or um, let's say a uh, Google Home Hub, which I've tried that at home. And then the other wonderful thing is while you're casting and using your phone as a remote, you can turn on audience questions and audience questions will come on your phone. It's a great way to get interactive with your presentations. When I'm listening to music, generally it's from Spotify and I prefer Spotify because it's pretty ubiquitous. It plays on everything. Even back when I was the Amazon Echo user, Spotify was there. Because I stuck with Spotify, it's easy to go back and forth between devices. So if you're like me, you want your music streaming service to be available on many devices, I highly recommend Spotify. It is, again, probably the most ubiquitous streaming platform available for all devices. I used to use Slack in working with my teams at work, but now because we're Microsoft uh, Outlook oriented, I now use Microsoft Teams. It is the Slack competitor. And again, one of those things I have to say, not so bad. It's not a horrible app. 
Uh, and that's high praise for any Microsoft application. And what I really like about it is if you are using Teams, make sure that you take a look at the calendar feature. It does have a tie to your calendar, which is really cool. So within Teams, you can review your calendar. So as you're chatting, if you just need to look at a calendar, you can do that. You don't have to go back and forth between applications. But also, be sure to check out Google Docs support. That is built in so you can share files via Google Docs. If you're like me, and hopefully you're not, you lose physical items a lot. And I mentioned this a couple episodes ago where I've just started purchasing Tile. Tile is a little dongle that you can attach to things, throw in your wallet, throw in a purse, and then you can locate those devices using your Android phone. I purchased a Tile 4-pack, link in the show totes if you're link in the show notes, link in the show notes if you're interested. And the tip I would share with that is it also includes a reverse lookup. So you don't have to put a tile in your phone or your phone case. You simply double click on a tile from, let's say, one that's connected to your keys, and then it goes out and rings your phone. It's a pretty slick system, highly recommended tile tiles, tile tiles. That's kind of fun to say. All right, we're getting to the end of our list and we're going to wind up our last five with Todoist. I'm not going to talk about it. Go to episode 17. I talk all about Todoist, but if you got to manage life projects, that's the application I recommend. You also probably need to have Twitter on your phone. I do. That's where you get all your tweets. And the only tip I would add there is don't bully and block those who do. I mentioned Google Maps earlier, but my preferred navigation application is Waze. Probably a lot of you out there would agree with me. The tip I would say to you, though, is make sure you check out the new Google Assistant integration. Now you can make those highway reports without tapping all those awkward buttons. And I always get it wrong. I always tap the wrong one. But now I could say, hey, Assistant, report the car on the side of the road. So that's a great new tool, makes it a safer application to use and just makes it even a better navigation tool. I've mentioned my love of WiseCam and Wise products in the past. I love these things. They're inexpensive. They're regularly updated with new features via software. And they're my new smart home product of choice. I just received some new Wise smart plugs that I am really enjoying. So it's a two-pack for around 15 bucks. They work really well. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that in the addendum. I talked about this next app in detail in episode 13, and this app is Zudu. Zudu allows you to create and manage PDF files. How this app is free, I'll never know. But if you're interested, go listen to episode 13. The last two applications have kind of the same name. One is YouTube, one is YouTube TV. We use YouTube when we need video about absolutely anything. And I use YouTube when I'm looking for instructions on how to do things, fix things. I am a big retro computer fan, so I love going back and watching old commercials and new content produced about old computers. It's just a blast. I enjoy it. And then finally, last on the list, as I mentioned, YouTube TV, which is local and national TV on the go. And I'm not sure a lot of people know that, but local channels are included. But here's what I really like about YouTube TV. Check out the excellent DVR. This thing will store unlimited shows for a year. It is phenomenal. I like it. Uh, the price is okay, but it's good enough that I love being able to take my TV with me and my DVR recordings on the go on my Pixel phone. And that concludes my list of favorite Android apps for my Pixel 3 phone. If you go to the show notes, scroll to the bottom, you're going to see an animated GIF. 
as you look at the GIF, you'll see which of those apps I listed today actually have a coveted spot on my home screen, the very first page of my phone. Actually, there's only one page on my phone. I don't have a second page other than to swipe back for the uh, Google Discover. But you can see which ones are probably the ones I use the most by checking out that GIF. So did I miss an app? Is there an app you think I should have installed on my Pixel 3? You may have heard that entire list and said to yourself, you know, Stephen, I think this app is better than that one. I'd love to know that. Or you may say, I think I have an app that you will enjoy because it will supplement the other apps that you've listed. I would love to hear that too. And where can you do that? You know exactly where you can do that now. You can go to Reddit, look for the Pixel Power Podcast subreddit and make your submission. I will also take those submissions via email and you can send those to Stephen at pixelpowerpodcast.com. I am still reviewing Facebook and Twitter. So if you choose to leave a comment there, you can do that. I will tell you, uh, as this Reddit thing continues to grow, I may be pulling away from tweets and Facebook posts. But for now, continue to leave your comments there and we'll see how it goes. And just like we do every show, we will end this show with the addendum. And the addendum are my thoughts and muses about living a pixel-powered life. First of all, I want to give a huge shout out to a Belgium listener. That's right, all the way from Belgium. His Reddit username is SRFWX. Uh, I'm not even going to guess what that might say if I pronounce it, but what a wonderful list of extensions he shared from our previous episode where I talked about my favorite Chrome extensions. Go to Reddit, go to our subreddit that I've been talking about all episode. There is a link in the show notes if you'd like to go there. And he had a wonderful list of extensions and some I probably, well, I know I've used in the past, but for some reason didn't make it. And one of the things that is uh, one of the extensions that's included that I highly recommend that I probably should have listed is HTTPS Everywhere. It's a great extension to make sure that you're always getting the secure connection to a website if it's available. But go check his list of, of extensions out. I really enjoyed going through them. I learned about some that I didn't know about. And that's what's going to be great, I think, about our Reddit community is we can start to share these things. So thank you, Belgium listener SRFWX, if that is really your name. Looks like we'll be getting a new Pixel 4 announced, like the leaks uh, haven't been enough already. I think we kind of know what this thing's going to look like, but we don't really know what and how it's going to operate. We're going to learn those things at an event on October 15th. I have that marked in my calendar. I plan on trying to find time to be online to watch that. I'm going to tell you that initially I was not going to purchase a Pixel 4. However, for the show, I just get this sense I really should so that I can continue to talk about these new Pixels. Uh, but I will tell you, the if the if the rumors are right, this is going to be one pricey, pricey little device. So I'm probably going to hold off for a purchase until Black Friday. As you all know, I purchased my Pixel 3 last year at Black Friday. Got a really good deal on it and got some credit in Google Fi. So I'll probably see if that's available this year. So I won't be buying it at launch. So I have some time. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go all PBS on you right now. If you want to encourage me to pick up a Pixel 4, you can do so by supporting the podcast. There's a lot of ways you can do it. Check out the show notes. I have a whole area on how you can support the podcast. 
podcast. You can do a one-time donation. Simply listening to the podcast will uh, help support the podcast. There's also a way that you can contribute and support monthly if you're so inclined. Check that out. And then I also have a way that you can send a tip my way. All the proceeds I'm going to lump into a fund for me to pick, purchase a Pixel 4. So I appreciate it if you're anxious anxious. I don't know if anybody's anxious to give me money, but if you're interested in giving me money and what I will do for those that become supporters using the anchor support tool and are doing a monthly contribution, I am going to make you an executive producer of the show with full rights and privileges, which basically means I will list you on the website and mention you as you come on board. But if you'd like to support my habit, uh, I'd love for you to come out and do that. So there you go. Enough PBS stuff. Let's move on to my next addendum item, which is Android Auto. Man, we've been talking about Android Auto episode after episode because it's not working on my Pixel 3. But this month, I was happy to hear, and I don't know why I'm happy that it doesn't work for somebody else, but listener Mitchell confirmed to me that he's having the same problem on his Pixel 3. And the problem he's having on his Pixel 3 is not replicated on his original Pixel or his Pixel 2. Android Auto is working just fine. He had a similar situation where on his Pixel 3 it was working and then it stopped working. So again, I I appreciate the verification. I do hate that he's having the same problem, but I do appreciate the verification that it's not just my device and maybe it's not just hardware related. So thank you for Mitchell for reaching out. By the way, Mitchell had this great image. I'm putting it in the show notes. It's all of his Pixel devices. Be sure and check that out in the show notes. And again, Uh, Mitchell, thanks for being a listener and thanks for contributing to the podcast today. And on top of that, I should say I received an email from the Android Auto support folks. They want me to run another uh, log instance and the log will be run on my Pixel phone when I plug in the phone to the Civic and then they want me to get that log from the device and send it to them. I've not done it yet. I will plan to do that and send that to them. So I am actively involved in trying to help them troubleshoot this now. I'm hopeful that that new log will help them find out why I can't use the new Android Auto. This past weekend, I traveled to Chicago to visit my daughter. And I want to share this. It's the first time this has ever happened. There were more Pixel users at the table than there were any other phone. As a matter of fact, I don't believe there were any iPhone users anywhere. The majority of us had Pixels. And uh, my wife who was there doesn't have a Pixel yet, but she does have a Nexus 4. And so she's got kind of like a mini Pixel, right? Uh, and uh, Or the Nexus X4. I may have said the Nexus 4. Hers is the Nexus X4. But by and large, this is the first time I've been at a table where the majority of folks were Android users. But even on top of that, the majority were Pixel users. We were all talking about uh, new Pixels being purchased. A lot of people were buying new Pixel 3s and in really enjoying the experience. And most people agree that they're buying it for the camera and the clean Android experience. So it's great to see Pixel phones starting to pull away. Now I may have influenced a little bit of that, especially with my daughter being at the table and her influencing others, but it still was kind of cool to all have the same phone. I haven't seen that happen uh, since I've been an iPhone user. And speaking of Pixels, I had a colleague at work ask me, should I buy a refurbished original Pixel? And they wanted to do that because they wanted to save money. I deferred, I I told him I wouldn't recommend the original Pixel. And the reason I, especially a refurbished one or a used one, I think they originally said used. And then I said, well, have you thought about a refurb? But then when I thought about it, maybe not even that. 
my original Pixel battery did not last that long. It probably went a year and a half and it was dying. So I recommended it against that and I referred her to the Pixel 3a. I think it was a better purchase. We'll see if she decides to do that. But they're, you know, for about $100 more, you can get a brand new Pixel 3a. And I really think that was the recommendation I should make to her. And so I'll be anxious to see if she chooses that. I mentioned earlier in the show the WiseCam application. The WiseCam application, I think they're going to have to rename this thing because it's not just WiseCam anymore. It's all the Wise products, including their sensors, which I have some around the house. So, for instance, the Wise application will tell me when I have a door open in the house. Love that. It'll also tell me when motion has been sent. So, I know when a cat, for instance, has entered a room. Well, I decided to support and back their new WiseCam plugs. I supported two packs of those. So, a pack includes two plugs. So I got four plugs for about $30. I thought that was a pretty good deal. And I will just say I'm loving these plugs. They're easy to set up. It's a pretty common setup. They work perfectly. Uh, they're small. Uh, they don't take a lot of room on the plug, so I'm really appreciating that. But one of the things that was a surprise that was really nice was inside when I opened the package, uh, and then opened inside the box containing the two plugs. There's a great little sticker in there that shows that I supported the Wisecam plug. So nice little touch there, Wisecam. Nicely played there, you all. And that concludes this episode of the Pixel Power Podcast. And that also concludes this six-part series of my faves. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I hope you'll enjoy me in about two more weeks when I'll have another episode of the Pixel Power Podcast. I'm not going to spoil where I'm headed. I've got several shows in the hopper and planned. I'm looking forward to what's ahead in the fall and leading up into the holidays. So make sure you tune in regularly. And please do me a favor. Make sure you share the show with someone else who's a Pixel user. Or, or heck, even if they're an Android or Chromebook user, tell them they can find something of value at the Pixel Power Podcast. Until next time, thanks for being a listener.